Are you a self-published author? Are you looking for a platform to reach readers? Then Book Interrupted might be just what you're looking for. We're looking for self-published authors to sponsor an episode, an interruption, or a full book cycle. Please find out more at www.bookinterrupted.com sponsorship. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. You have such beautiful eyes. You have such a beautiful face. Just take it off for a second so I can see it. Relate more to the the negative narratives. Has forbidden (laughs) me from doing that in front of them. So good. Can you imagine being in a workplace where everyone is only wearing pink and purple and butterflies and and flowers and unicorns? Microchip into child Schweitz's head and be like, where did you get the idea? Well, how would they stand? Their head is bigger than their waist. They would just break it out. Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is the goal. And we're gonna talk it out. On Book Interrupted. This episode's brought to you by Liz Clark Astrology. No-nonsense, personalized, honest, handwritten readings that aim to be as constructive and helpful as possible. A glimpse into your true self, maybe even one you forgot about. Go to www.lizclark.com. You can also find the link in our show notes below. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from February 14th to March 21st. It's Kara's book cycle, and the book we're reading is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Untamed is a memoir that examines the restrictive roles and expectations placed on women. For more information about Book Interrupted or this book cycle, please go to www.bookinterrupted.com. Hello, and welcome to Book Interrupted. Today, we will be covering the fan episode on Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Please join us as we review some of the remarks, feedback, and comments from our fans. All right, so maybe do we want to start with Lisa's video? So I just wanted to post about Glennon Doyle because, you know, I got to say that I've been fascinated, kind of intrigued about this book, and yet I kind of don't want to buy it. And I'm going to just want to tell you why. And it's because I just quite frankly don't like the way she writes. I don't think she's sincere. I don't think she has any desire to help people. I think she is selfishly just writing about herself. And she's got this thing about being like outrageous and look at me, I'm just so honest. But everything she does seems to me to be trite and crass and selfish like I mean I end up sort of like cringing sometimes when I read her other book and I thought I don't know and so that's how I feel about that for now so then I thought I'm going to share this little interruption I'll try to be concise but it was really quite comical to me that on um, the day we had the snowstorm and the kid the schools were closed my kids who are I just want to say 17 and, and 14 okay they mom where are the toboggans okay they're in the shed okay oh do you want look what I found I found a wasp nest and I took it down for you. Oh, great. Thank you. Then it was, oh, hey, mom, where are the inflatable ones? I don't actually want these ones. I want the inflatable ones. Okay. Well, they're, you know, you know, you know. So then, okay. So then they they got them great. So now it's, well, where's the pump? 
Okay, well, it should be here. And if it's not there, it should be blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. No pump. I have to ask the neighbor. Okay. Now I got the pump. The stupid things are so frozen, right? The inflatable things are so frozen. It takes three of us. And I even had to get some hot water in there to open up the valve, right? Okay. So now the three of us are basically working together to get the air in these two inflatable things. Fabulous. 45 minutes later, it's all done. Everything's done. Kid comes to pick him up and there's four teenagers in the car. So guess what didn't fit in the car? The inflatable toboggan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that whole interruption was for nothing. <laughs> okay, bye. Oh, that's so <laughs> good. <laughs> There's real life for you right there. I, I really that. like that she had an interruption. That's um, good. Mm. Her video, yeah. And for all fall fans out there, they can put on our Facebook group their own interruptions. We'd love to see them and hear them, please. Yeah, and if, if you allow us to, we'll even put them on the fan episode. We asked permission of this fan leads if she'd be willing to put on her video. So what do you guys think? Like when I, before I read the book, because this is, Lise didn't read Untamed. This is before the, she read the other book, right? The Love Warrior. And before I read it, that's what my personal journal said. Like I thought she, from what I could hear from the clips I knew of Glennon Doyle, I thought she was kind of selfish. But after reading the book, I didn't feel that way at all. But I wonder if it's like something that's come from her books before. Have any of you heard anything? I think uh, I haven't heard anything about her books before. I think that I think she is trying to help in this book. And when you're out in the public sphere, it can be really uh, I mean, you're you're going to be criticized uh for any kind of small little thing but again the tone kind of comes off a little bit uh like she thinks she's great but like leah said who wants to read a book about somebody who's just like me um maybe <laughs> yeah i do so i don't i think she is trying to <laughs> she's trying to like touch on all these important issues in there um maybe a little bit like very little on all these things but um you know so i think that there's enough of uh little bits of social issues in there that it might lead somebody to learn more about those things. I think she can be a little selfish at times in the book. I know we've had this discussion. I don't want to get into it too much more, but I mean, things like there was a whole thing to do with her friends and how she doesn't text them back because you should know that if you text me back, then I, or if you text me, I probably won't have time to text you back. And I just, to, to me, that seems a little selfish, but I do agree that she was trying to help people and her, you know, the Together Rising when I was uh, doing the show notes and Kim went on a big thing about the Together Rising and, and Sarah's donated to them. And I think she definitely has the right heart in uh, trying to to help people. But yeah, I think that there can be a bit of that, but I did really, I appreciated her more after the book than when I first heard about her. So that's good. I think one of the problems might be that because what she's talking about is helpful to some people or, because I, I, I think what she's done is she's written a memoir, which is not meant to be for anyone else, really. I know it's a book that's been put for sale, but what she's done is she's recorded her experiences and then the lessons that she learned from her experiences. And so she's almost just reporting on her own experiences. And then because for me, like my personal experience of that book was like, wow, I can really relate to a lot of these lessons or whatever, because I've learned them in similar ways or whatever. And I really liked how she consolidated the lesson to something that I'd already learned, obviously in a different way, but the message, like the lesson, that's what, that's what resonated with me so much was how much I related to it. So the, what I think the problem is when people feel like 
she's preachy or know it all or whatever, is that they're reading it as if she's trying to tell people what to do or how to do it. And I think what she's doing is just saying how it happened for her. And these were the lessons that she learned. And, and I think because I don't know if it's because like, I don't want to say that for everybody, the lessons are so great or anything, but they really were for me. But I wonder if that's where the lines get blurred because it does feel self-healthy, but I don't think it was meant to be self-healthy. And so people who like get the self-helpy vibe from it are like, like, you can't tell me or how do you know, or that's know it all or what, you know what I mean? And then they get the, the defense of like, don't tell me or whatever. But it's like, I don't think she is telling you. I think she's just reporting on how it happened for her and then what her takeaway was. And then if that works for you, awesome. And if it doesn't, no big deal. I wasn't trying to tell you anyway. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Oh, no, I think she's, yeah, I think she's tell she is trying to tell you things that you should be doing. Like, in a way, she's not just telling you the story. If she was just telling you the story, she'd tell you the story in her own personal lessons. But she's saying... Right. Feel my own, all my feelings, not feel your feelings. I don't know. I I think it's good to feel your feelings, but it's the only example I came to mind. I feel like she's reporting the lesson, though. Like, she learned the lesson was feel your feelings. Like, as if her, you know how there's multiple voices in your head, right? And one might be a bad voice or whatever, and one might be the knowing, like, whatever, like... Like, I might tell you the same thing. Like, I learned the lesson. The, le- the lesson was feel your feelings. I wouldn't say to you if I was telling you the lesson that I learned, I learned to feel my feelings. I would be like, you have to feel your feelings. It became obvious to me. Feel your feelings. And I think she's still just reporting on it. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting a message from my security <laughs> people. I'm just like, ah, it's coming again. They don't want you to talk about Glenn and Doyle. Stop I it. don't know what, there must be a breach. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Shut it down. Don't feel your no feelings <laughs> don't feel your feelings, don't feel your feelings. <laughs> how does one though i mean it's not like she's touching upon light topics it's not yeah, like it's how to bake and... a cake like she's talking she's touching on yeah some really big themes here so religion like you said kim then uh the concept of gender what else? A sexuality. Race. Race relations. Race relations. How does one, if one feels that one's calling is to be an author, that necessitates you're going to write. So then, and she decides she wants to write about these experiences. I, and maybe this is a personal subjective opinion, I almost appreciate getting close to some of those bigger topics when it's not delivered in a factual manner. I would rather hear, but again, that just might be my personal preference that I tend to be drawn to storytelling more. I appreciated that it was just through her lens, her experience, because could you imagine if it came, if she was touching on those topics in another way that was, well, then she'd have to get into research and that's not her thing. But yeah, maybe there was a little bit aside, like, uh, with, uh, and if I could persuade readers to view things how I view, that might be nice too. You know, but I think it is absolutely a memoir because of the topics and her experience. Of course, I think the packaging is going to come off self-helpish e. But yeah, I wouldn't dismiss. I went into it my typical way, which is not discerning on any level, believing only the nicest of things, being totally gullible and not... Uh, like naive, like, why would someone have an ulterior motive? You know, like I just, I 
always learn that lesson time and time again that I just go into things with like these big like deer eyes and I'm just like whatever you say there's not a vindictive bone in your body you know so but now that I've had a bit of space from it I'm like maybe given some of the past experiences that she's had for example she was never in the cool club maybe this would be a prime opportunity to just be like, I'm going to share my stories and I'm going to passively, aggressively, maybe try to persuade a few people along the way. I don't know. Yeah, like I wonder if there's a level, because I mean, I think she believes what she's saying. I believe what she's saying because those things resonate with me. Like I think what she thinks. She just, like she said it, I'm like, me too, right? And so if I were telling people, like if someone had a problem or came to me and whatever, and it related to one of these lessons that I had learned, then I would do the exact same thing. Like that's how I try to help people. I'm like, listen, like you have to learn your own lessons. You have to have your own experiences, but this was my experience and this is what it taught me. So, you know, do with that info what you will. And because it taught me that I'm not just selling it, right? Like I now live by it. Like I believe it. Like, like we all agree with you must feel your feelings, right? We've learned in some way, shape or form, probably from trying to not feel our feelings, why it's important to feel our feelings or whatever. So that was her way, shape or form that she did that. And then she talks about it or whatever. It's weird for me because I was, I like, I sound like I'm super duper pro her, but I'm just more arguing like the logic of the book. Like I don't, but I don't even know what I'm saying. But what I want to say also is that when I heard her on the podcast, then I was turned off because the podcast was literally a regurgitation of the book. And that's where the authenticity fell off for me. Cause it's like, wait a minute, odds are everybody who's listening to this read your book. We're looking for some more of you now, not you just repackaging or like re-delivering these stories you already told. Like, is that all you have to say? And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I was like, well, I feel like this is a bit of a scam. Like I felt that put me the wrong. So I'm, while I'm arguing with all of you, I also wonder if, if you're picking up on it in the book. And I had to hear her in person to actually kind of pick up on maybe the same thing. But that rubbed me the wrong way when I heard her on the podcast and she just told the same stories. But I think I said in the last episode too, and like I just kind of said right now, I would still fall back to my same stories too if I was making a point that applied to the lesson that I learned in that story. But I'm not sure. I just, I get wishy-washy about it because I do really like the book. I really support the way that she thinks about what she's thought about and how she's come to her conclusions. I kind of see that path and it makes sense to me, but I'm not a hundred percent for whatever reason. So I'm not sure to... Also, like as she becomes popular, uh, like when you become popular or you get a certain amount of power, then you do think you're you're better. <laughs> like without knowing it, you think that you're better. And I mean, that's just a thing that happens to humans. So whether or not she's being selfish or not, I think her circumstances make her make it so that she thinks that she what she has to say is important for everybody here. And that's not that just happens when you get famous. Well, specifically in response to that situation, that's not entirely true. What would I think be more accurate is that when you get power, what it does is it reveals who you really are. So it can reveal that you are actually this self, like you could be Mother Teresa, or it reveals that you're Donald Trump, you know, like the power isn't the thing that corrupts you. The power is the thing that like magnifies what you already were, right? It yeah. provides that opportunity for you to, because now you either don't give a fuck what anybody thinks and you're going to go on your rampage or 
you continually are who you are and you have all that power to do the good things you were trying to do when you weren't that powerful. People might be less likely to tell you if you're doing something shitty, though. A hundred percent. Like, that's like the whole entourage thing, right? But if you're, if you already don't do shitty things and you get the power, then you continue not doing shitty things. Nobody wants to tell you anyways, because you're not, you're not abusing your power. But it's how do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also a lot of memoirs that are written that I've read that I think are way better that just tell the story of the person's life and their own what they learned without having to make that a message for other people. There's lots of memoirs that don't even have the packaged lessons because it was like story. Yes. Here's the rule. Story. Exactly. Now here's the rule. Right. And I'm, I can hear you on that a hundred percent. And those are. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to hear the story of her and her own lessons and then come to my own conclusion. And I just found it very story. Now. Yeah. The rule is in my face yeah. where I just, I would have skipped the rule bit. Leah. Maybe that was intentional. Like, maybe we're just, maybe we just happen to be six women who don't need the lesson because we're already on the path. We're already curious. You know, we're already very... That might be our white supremacy coming out, being like, I know who I am. You can't tell me who I am, right? I don't know. I just think it's it's part of that thing, that individuality thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just kind of thinking of, like, other women that I interact with, and I was just like, huh. I think the lesson is helpful for a certain audience. Leah? Well, my feelings haven't changed too much from our original, I guess, um, wrap-up of this book. The more space I get from it, I guess, the less likely I would pass it along. And yeah, I think there's something salesman-y about it that gives me a unauthentic vibe. And I don't know... What, I can't put my finger on it, but she maybe like her book voice, it comes through to me, I don't enjoy. It's kind of same as before. It's a little guru-y. I just can't place what the problem is because I agree. I did like a lot of her ideas. I think I would align with a lot of her ideas, but there's something I don't enjoy. And that's feels mean because it feels personal and it shouldn't. It's a book. I don't know her, but it feels a little personal. Yeah, because it's her writing style, and it's it's a memoir, and it's a personal book, right? And, like, without knowing her, yeah. Yeah, like, it feels mean to say that, it not to not know her, and to say, I just don't like her for some reason. It feels mean, but yeah, that's my honest opinion. Yeah. This interruption is brought to you by Strange Things, a self-published children's book Written by Ann Amos and illustrated by Leah McBean. Find the digital ebook on Amazon.ca. Book interrupted. It's a few days ago. I pick up the girls and I'm like, you know what? Like, we haven't really like done anything in so long together. What's something that you girls would like to do? And they're like, Mama, wouldn't it be so fun if we went to uh, the nail salon and got our nails painted? Um, and I'm like, you know what? I think the nail salons are back open again for sure. Let's go do that. We start getting our nails done. Everything's going fine. We are wrapping up, uh, just finishing, getting our nails done. And I noticed that Charlie, who's very talkative, she's the oldest, goes very quiet and her eyes go very big. And they're both kind of a bit more quiet, but I'm just like, okay, I don't really think much of it. I just notice it. And so we're about to pay and the gentleman goes to go get the calculator. And I lean over to the girls. I'm like, what's up? three mice in the salon. And I'm like, what, what 
are you kidding me? And so I'm like starting to like breathe a little funny. I'm gripping onto both girls' hands and I'm luring them out of the uh, salon, but I still have to pay. Like I can't get the money out of my wallet fast enough. And so I hand him over his money, at which point I just grab the girls, I part with the money and I run. Worst interruption ever. Book interrupted. Another question is, so I put like a comedy from that this hour is 22 minutes. I've sent it to like so many people. Maybe it's her mascara. Maybe she's, and she's like, maybe I'm effing 40. <laughs> maybe I'm fucking 40. <laughs> I loved it so much. Yeah, so um, one of our fans commented and then she said the one plus about wearing a mask to work is that I don't get told to smile all day long anymore. Or she doesn't have to smile. It can just be working yeah. without. Yeah, and then she says, I don't get, yeah, I don't get told to smile all day long. Oh yeah, but. Hold on. I When I was working at the restaurant, which I'm not doing right now, do you know how many times I'd get, oh, you're not smile with your eyes, honey, or could just just for a minute, take off your face, really? your mask. I just want to see. Yeah. Smile or, with your eyes. I just want to see how pretty your smile is. And just for a minute, just for, no, I'm not taking my mask off. Like, this is not a peep show. You are here to eat. I know. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, no, well, you you must have such, you have such beautiful eyes. You'd have such a beautiful face. Just take it off for a second so I can see it. No, I'm not freaking taking it. I know. How perverse. Ew, I feel like I'm going to barf. Exactly. I did too. You'd be like. Was that multiple people or just one sleazeball? Oh, more than one. And all the other servers noticed uh, that happening as well. That it was, yeah, all the time. Or smile with your eyes. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. 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 So it's not just, doesn't matter whether you have the mask. And then poor people that like women who generate, what do they call it? Resting bitch face or whatever. But that, uh, you know, that just ne never like don't have like when they're, even when I'm thinking, I have kind of blank eyes. This is mine. Yeah. My thinking face is, oh. looks very angry. Yeah. Like, Why are you angry? I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly. And so then it's like, people are like, oh, I'm happy. Uh, uh, and they give you a hard time about your eyes looking the way that they do. You're like, yeah, like men don't get told they have rusting bitch face. Exactly. That's just their face. Exactly. Totally. That's so true. Just oh my face. God. Like, like, it's like, just because I'm resting doesn't mean I'm a bitch. Right? Like, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Just because I'm not smiling doesn't mean totally. that I'm that I'm bitchy or angry. I find like, myself doing fun things behind my mask, like like I pretty much like zone out for a living. Like get it, <laughs> get into a zone. What is it called? You get into flow. Yeah. Get into flow. I get into flow for long sits. I get into flow often, like after the first like hour of tattooing someone. There's nothing left to say to each other. So I find myself doing fun things like. Like, I'll be like, my mat, this is my mask on. I'll be like, under there. I'll be like, seeing what I can do under there because it just, I don't know why. I just think it's fun. Oh, my God. Leah, I need to find you the clip. It's on TikTok now. Um, and it's this guy that is like, I, what, he's like, I don't know if I can go back to work without masks because I've developed this awful habit. And he takes off his mask and does all the things like you do that he now does throughout the day. And it's like all these like weird like, faces. It's I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. 
I love the mask. It's like a hug for my face. I love it. <laughs> like you can't be in a meeting doing that. People are like, are you okay? I'm the opposite. I don't like having the mask. Kara, that just reminded me. Remember when you used to do the fireman bill or oh, fireman yeah. whatever? From, Fire Marshal um, Bill. Jim what was Carey. that from Saturday Night Live? Jim Carrey? In Living Color. Oh, in Living Color. And you always used to do that all the time. She did the we best. It was, my, it was the best one. Every boyfriend or partner I've ever had has forbidden <laughs> me from doing that <laughs> in front of them. <laughs> You're so good. It's at so it. good. Yeah, you should do it. Come on. Good. Can you? Am I putting it in spot? Give me a moment. Do that. <laughs> it's so good. She likes the spot. Do you remember? Tell you something. Oh my god. I might put her on the spot, but she loved it. It's so good. Yeah, but that shows our age in living color. That doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey. I really like that. We'll put in the show notes. That was when J-Lo was a fly girl, right? Yeah. Back when J-Lo was a fly girl. girl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll go to another video that I posted. Someone just put like, wow, I guess to hell with her suggestion on butterflies on the hand soap. Because remember the it was a the Baroness Vaughn sketch show where it was like they're designing a hand soap for women and they're like, what should we put on it? And the one girl's like new and she's like butterfly. She was like, yes, of course butterflies. Can okay, I'll write it down if you want me to. <laughs> like it was like funny. And just like as a woman, it was funny because like some of the stuff like like hand soaps, shampoo bottles, all that stuff, like what she mentioned in the book. I feel the same way. Like, why does everything have to be like, like in the skit, they're like slim because women like to be slim for their dainty fingers and stuff. Like it was a funny clip just because I feel the same way. Like, and what's the difference between the males and the women? They're like, it's more expensive. <laughs> You're like, oh, right. Well, and Glennon Doyle says that about the shampoo and her son and her daughter shampoo and how, why is the man get this like, Tough, tough, manly, manly, go, go. And then the women are like butterflies and pink and delicate and it's ridiculous. And I was told like that with kids' clothes too. Like, I want somebody to do a sketch where it's like all the adult women are dressing like uh, child women or ch- ch- uh, girls are expected to dress. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine being in a workplace where every woman. Oh my God. It's only wearing pink and purple and butterflies and flowers and unicorns? And sequin. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, that's, like, all there's available. Like, what if your kid wants to wear a different color, like green or orange? It's really hard to find that, honestly. It really is. And why do you have to have the sections when you're shopping? Like, sometimes, like, my kids want to get some of the other colors, but then they're looking over their shoulders when we go into the boys' section. I'm like, it's okay. Let's just pretend it's not called the boys' section. You know? And then always, like, people say, oh, your your girl child looks like a boy. You're like, come on. They're really just wearing, just like wearing gray or blue. Yeah. Or yeah like, like, I'm also wearing cares? blue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't even take that as a sense of pride. If you get called, and like, from personal experience, that you look like a boy, it's like, that's like never interpreted as a compliment. Ever. You know, whereas, like, Maybe if we didn't have such strict definitions on the attributes and characteristics assigned to gender, I wouldn't have been so offended by it, you know? I get it. I get it more now because of the short hair. Because kids would be like, are you a boy? And it's like, no. But you think I am because of my short hair. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, hmm, some women have short hair. Some men have long hair. And they're like, okay. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah, and then they're on to the next. Right? They just want to be like... Is this a thing? It's like, you can pick whatever you like. 
actually. I love that. Yeah, my kiddo has a, like, really, really likes well-defined gender roles. <laughs> like, it was like, like, it just seems strange to me. Like, she's four. Like, why, why does, it's like so apparent to her. I don't, honestly, I don't think that my husband and I are like, B has hair to his belly button practically. And I have usually a shaved head. So I, she, hair is really upsets her. I have one wig that's like her hair. It's like long and blonde. And she like loves it so much, but she hates my short hair. (laughs) And tells me every, and tells me every day. (laughs) But then it's like, I'm like, well, daddy has long hair and he's a boy. And she's like, (laughs) brain explosion. It's so confusing. She couldn't even accept yesterday when we were talking about like when I proposed marriage to her and you could literally see her short circuiting. And she was like, "Uh, uh." I literally said you, you could marry a girl too. There's, you don't have to, it doesn't matter who you marry. She's obsessed with getting married. I don't, it's upsetting. (laughs) It's very upsetting. And uh, I was like, honey, it's not all it's cracked up to be. (laughs) All right. But it's just, just like, it, she hates, like, boy, she is like 1950s housewife. She shut it down. Like, I don't yeah. know how I gave birth to this child. She is a 1950s housewife. Uh, well, she won't wear pants. She loves tights. Well, it's funny because, like, on the on the progressive way, you want to be like, you know, I embrace you, whoever you are. And if you want to only wear pants or cut all your hair off, that's fine. And she's like, I'm a 1950s housewife. And you're like, <gasps> and I don't want to embrace it at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to embrace that too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like reverse. Yeah. Reverse <laughs> feels counterintuitive. Mother-child relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was in grade three, I wore, I think it was grade three, I wore pink dresses every day. Yeah. School. And it wasn't my choice. Like, it wasn't my parents' choice. There's like the whole selection and my parents had jeans and whatever and pants and got all sorts of colors and I was like nope I want the pink dress every single time and I don't know that didn't come from my parents for sure because my mom I don't think ever wears dresses or rarely so and she has short hair so it was yeah I just so maybe it's just something she'll grow maybe she'll grow out of it (laughs) I think part of it too is we all want to like uh, especially kids want to like fit in and so uh, they say well what are the other people in the class doing and what's on TV and all that stuff. And so, especially with snow pants, it's like, she's like, it's just, you got to stop the the These like ball gowns. Like she like like, adds crinoline to outfits. Like, cause we have play dress up costumes and she'll like take the, the the crinoline parts of the princess costume that she, all her fucking costume. And like, it's ridiculous. Oh my God. I don't know. Oh, Oh, that's so good. It'd be so interesting if we could like plug a, like a microchip into child Schweitz's head and be like, where did you get the idea? Was it TV? Was it your peers? Was, you know what I mean? Like, I wish that we could see where like, cause that's what it is. Like tons of it. Yeah. It's all. And that's why like the mission is the mission, right? We must deconstruct or whatever, because some of the messages are really damaging. Like if someone says you look like a boy and you're a girl, then you're a failed girl. And if definitely don't tell a boy he looks like a girl, don't call a boy a pussy, right? Because that's like literally the worst thing you could do is be like, you're somewhat feminine. And then they would be like, well, now it's over, right? I've stopped using the word like calling people like pussies, which I mean, 
I know that sounds weird, but in my line of work, often I'm tattooing people and they're like, sorry, I'm being such a pussy. It, that actually comes into my day a lot. So I've started saying, oh, no. I got a lot of pussy in my day. <laughs> I got a lot of uh, people are throwing puss around all over. <laughs> and I've started saying, oh, stop being such a peen. And then explaining what I mean, like, because vaginas take some shit, you know, they really take, take yeah. some abuse. That's that good quote, seem right? Awfully flimsy. Sensitive. <laughs> sensitive. Yeah. It's very sensitive, sensitive very tasteful, yeah. very moody. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I want to yeah, say, do you guys find that like, um, like DreamWorks is like that? Like, I think I just never want to watch a DreamWorks movie because like, they are so bad about about reinforcing stereotypes, all sorts of stereotypes. But like just one that comes to mind, like if you watch Secret Life of Pets, all the pets are male except for two. Yeah. One of them, her defining feature is that she's obsessed with the hero of the story and she's in love with him and he doesn't even know and she's the pretty dog. And the other dog um, has to um, endure unwelcome sexual comments from another male dog in order for them to get... Oh, no, she's a cat. Uh She has to endure this unwelcome sexual uh, attention from another dog. From the old man. From the old man in order for him to help them. Yeah, from the old man dog. So, like, you look... These little movies, they're like, oh, it's innocent. Like, it's not innocent because it's like, this is how the cat helps them do it is to endure the harassment so that this old man will help them (laughs) or this old dog. Like, so DreamWorks is always like that. If you, like, any DreamWorks, I'm just like, oh, and they're all about, like, racial stereotypes, all this stuff. And, like, it's just, like, these little things, all these little things add up. And I'm like, it's just a kid's movie. It doesn't work. And, like, so anyway, recently, it's like, no more DreamWorks. Every time I watch DreamWorks, I'm like, oh, this is a nightmare. Like, just the little things. Even the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. I just watched it. I wanted to like it so much. That is not for kids. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not for kids. But I'm like, no. I and I was like, it's all about how to be a man. I was like, huh? Oh, the mustache. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't want to get on board. They, they have their magical mustaches so I, they can go through the monster pit or whatever. Yeah. And now that they have their mustaches because they're men, they can do anything. And I was like, oh, SpongeBob, I wanted to root for you so badly. <laughs> what other movies are DreamWorks? I don't know. Yeah. I'm wondering the same thing. Ice Age. Um, um, let me think. Uh, well, real. it's not like Disney princesses are fucking nailing it either, right? No. Like, <laughs> all their heads are bigger than their waist. I was pointing totally. that out to Max the other day. I was like, well, how would they stand? Their head is bigger <laughs> than their waist. They would just break it out. <laughs> so, I like, I don't know. She no, they're not killing it either. Saying, but, yeah, not they're not killing, killing it. it. Yeah. Um, so, we could go one of uh, uh, Christine wrote, um, and we never actually talked about this in the podcast, about how she really liked how she talked about her struggle with bulimia and drugs and alcohol. Like that point, we talked how we all liked that part of the book where she talked about her struggles and stuff. And she th- said that she thought she had tremendous courage to get clean and sober um, and then admit everything to the world. So um, yeah, she liked the book because she she felt like you know, it, that part was super positive, like, you know, revealing to people the struggle she went through and the other how she got out the other side of it. Right. The more people who talk about uh, getting over these um, like uh, substance use and um, like stopping that or getting through um, eating disorders, the easier it is for other people to get out of it and to talk about it and realize they're not alone. It is brave, and the and the world needs more of that. 
The other thing that that just made me think about, though, is like, you know how we're kind of really critical on the end of the book where she's had her success and she's sharing her lessons and everything else. And I just want to draw attention to the fact that we should probably reflect on our own reactions, because like when we talk about gender roles in society and women are often trained to be in competition with each other and to not support each other and to cut each other down and like, oh, if she looks good, then I'm going to target her. And I just right when you said like, oh, we all really like that she shared that that whole concept I was reminded of, because it's like, why aren't we more cheering her on? However, she is you know, coming out the other end. Why are we critical of that? But when she's all down and out and like a drug addict and whatever, we're like, oh, we could really, that was easy to digest. We're very supportive of that part of the book. She mentions that in the book though, right? Like when she does these seminars that people are like, I really related to you when all the negative stuff was happening. And then she was like, remember she referenced that? And she's like, why is it that that, that women relate more to the, the negative narratives rather than the positive ones, then that's when, yeah, right. That's when we get critical. Yeah. That we get really strong uh, reactions to women who do um, act empowered or come from an empowered place. I notice it even in myself and I like to like pride myself on being like open to all types and sorts. And like, yeah, I've even since reading her book have caught myself being uber judgy of like powerful women. And I was like, oh, that's so messed up. You know, it is. It's weird. It's intrinsic misogyny. Yeah. Right. Because we, uh, I, you know, I'm thinking about how like I'm kind of a misogynist, <laughs> you know, like I don't like to think that, but there's part of me that are is. Yeah. And that's like, it's like the same thing with the white fragility thing. Exactly. It's hidden inside. You don't realize till you examine and it gets pointed out and et cetera, et cetera. But it's the same. Like, it's just by virtue of being part of that system and it not, and going unquestioned for so long. And if a man had written this book, would we, maybe, would we all still have had the same reaction? Would we have all been like, oh, well, she told her story, but then the lessons, well, of course we learned something. Like, whereas because she's a woman, are we saying, oh, well, she's trying to tell me what to do. And yeah, yeah. That's totally a fair point. Yeah, right. Nagging or whatever. Yeah, interesting. That is an awesome question. Yeah, that's a good one. I wonder. Yay, Christine. Right? Yeah. Well, good. Like, yeah. there's three minutes left, and all of a sudden, like, oh, the whole thing opens up. <laughs> and she just oh. sent it, like, too, like, yesterday or something. Like, she sent it last, like, I was like, do you have anything to that's say? Good. And she had, I was like, oh, She had right. something to say. Thank she you, sure Christine. Does. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank so, you all of our fans too, right? Yeah. Thanks everyone. And if we didn't get to your comment, keep on sending them in and we might make the next one. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Interested in buying this book? Want to order the next book so you can read along? Go to www.bookinterrupted.com shop. See a full list of our books. If you haven't tried them yet, our affiliate partners, The Bookshop and Libro FM, both support your local bookstore where they're available. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to connect with us. We'll see you next time on Book Interrupted. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. I've had doctors when I was maybe in my early 20s tell me I should get pregnant because that would help. It's part of the science. We're half the population. I started the seed cycling earlier. Everybody (laughs) likes boobs. I've always. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, why can't you tell me what's wrong with me first? Where, you know, until fairly recently, 
second-class citizens, you know? Book interrupted.